You're listening to episode 191, Manifesting Miracles and Conscious Creation with Irene Hammond. Gratitude for most people, they think it's about thankful for what you have. And thankful for what you have brings you into the energy mm, that you're in yes. gratitude so that now you can be thankful for what is coming. Yes, to you. I was just, and, oh, yes. And so, so TKO, the farmer, <laughs> Irene. Yeah, the farmer who plants the seed isn't grateful for the seed, they're grateful for the harvest. And so, as they're planting mm. it, they're not thinking of the seed that's going into the ground, but the harvest that they're going to reap. Wow. And so gratitude for us needs to be about um, uh, not just thankful for what is behind me, but thankful for all the blessings that are flowing into me. And I'm so grateful that there's more blessings than I even am aware of coming into me. And I'm so grateful for that. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're healthy, happy, and safe wherever you happen to be. Today, we got some exciting things to get into. Can't wait. But first, as always, our inspirational quote from Robert Tennyson Stevens this time. Speak and think only what you choose to have come into reality now and continuously. Good old poetic old school quote for you that, you know, what we speak, what we think, and of course, what we do as a result of our speaking and thinking literally creates our reality, guys. Everything manifests from the seeds that we plant on a daily basis with what we think, what we say to ourselves, and your ability to create and plant those seeds is your ability to create the life that you want. Today, my guest is Irene Hammond. Irene is a successful coach, real estate agent, and author who grew up with a learning challenge of dyslexia. Being introduced to books like The Magic of Thinking Big and How to Win Friends and Influence People while in middle school allowed her to believe in anything being possible. She currently has a successful real estate business for the last 18 years and has written a book, Retirement Isn't Boring, that helps her clients with her most burning questions, teaches continuing education for realtors, mentors new agents, and coaches people in the area of manifestation and identifying their path. If you want to follow Irene, she's on Instagram at IHammond, that's with two M's like the organ, I-H-A-M-M-O-N-D. And she's offering a special series. This is a really cool thing that she's offering. And if you guys want to access all this stuff, follow Irene, make sure you check the blog post, danceoflife.com slash podcast. And it's going to be episode 191. That's the post for this with all the links and show notes. So one of the things she's offering is a free video training series, Manifestation Made Easy. So make sure you access that. It's a couple of videos to help you really channel your own ability to create what you want. We're going to be getting into that today because we're talking about manifesting miracles 
and conscious creation. What does all that mean? It sounds maybe a little out there, but really, it's really down-to-earth practical stuff. It is the basics of what we do every day. You're creating your reality every single day through what you think and what you speak, through the power of language, the types of words that you use. How do you feel about what you're saying? What are you attracting based on the actions that you're putting out in the world and the things that you're pursuing? You're being authentic to yourself and aligning with what you want and allowing the things to come to you, or are you repelling the things that you truly want based on what you think, how you're behaving, and the things that you choose? These are very important things because every day we're either moving forward closer to what we want or farther away from what we want based on those things, what we do, what we think, what we say. So today we're going to be talking about that. I'm super excited because this is very practical stuff. I know it sounds a little out there maybe. Manifestation is kind of a word that's been maybe overused or kind of done up a little bit. But really at the end of the day, it's our own ability to create. This is fundamental, guys, to your practice of success, to your practice of fulfillment, of getting what you want in life. It's not even about money. It's just about creating and enjoying the life that you are here to enjoy, that you were meant to enjoy, that's laid out for you. So super exciting stuff to me. This is so awesome, so practical, and Irene is really good at what she does. She's been doing it for a while. Super excited to share with you. Make sure if you like this, you subscribe and share it with one person in your own circle that you know will get some value out of this today that needs to hear this message. And without further delay, let's jump into manifesting miracles and conscious creation with my guest, Irene Hammond. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back, and here we go with Manifesting Miracles and Conscious Creation with my awesome guest, Irene Hammond. What's up, Irene? Good to have you on the show. Good to be here. Thank you for having me, Tudor. Gosh, we're just talking about all the off-air, off of all the frazzly stuff that's going on now at the time of this episode. It's like all the coronavirus stuff and, you know, just hype and panic. And it's like, I think people are just, the thing that's scariest to me that I've been looking at this whole thing is just how easily we slip into fear mode, right? Versus really staying in that positive sort of, I guess, creative mode, you know, this is something we can really open up because talking about manifesting miracles, that doesn't happen when you're afraid, right? <laughs> when you're Very frazzled true. and panicked. <laughs> Fear is the opposite of faith and faith is what's required to manifest miracles. And um, there's a lot of fear um, today, this week, this month. And, and it's, it's taking a moment to calm yourself and go, okay, what is it I choose to create? What is it I choose to manifest to be able to tap into your calmness to bring about solution? Hmm. You know, there was a quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, but I think it was by Buckminster Fuller. And it was a great quote. It was something like, you can't create the solution from the same paradigm that the problem was created or something like that. But basically it's like, you can't think of I mean, how it applies to this, like you can't create, you can't manifest, you can't see those new possibilities when you're in the paradigm of no possibility, of danger, of scared, of, you know, scarcity, all these different things that are going on right now. So um, what do you think, I mean, what do you think is going to help people, I guess, as a culture evolve from that? Because like, to me, the scariest thing about all this stuff is how quickly 
fear can spread. Do you know what I mean? Like how quickly we go back to like savage times, you know, just seeing people like just so scared of, you know, whatever, like even Asian people, it's like become racist because, oh my God, they might have coronavirus. And, you know, I, I think I read a study somewhere that literally, this is just sad, but I think somewhere, I don't know if it was somewhere in the States or in the whole United States, but like 40% of people that were surveyed in the study believe that the coronavirus, you get it from drinking Corona light or Corona beer. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just like, this is just scary. How can we, you know, what is the, what does the future look like for us? Like, you know, I feel like we're going into a new age, you know, a new age of technology, new age of manifesting new possibilities, you know, a lot of that conscious creation stuff, especially the kind of talk that we're having right now is very popular these days, you know, self-improvement, people are listening to these kind of things, but at the same time, you know, you have these types of events happen in the world and you're like, wow, something's really haven't changed at all, you know, as far as our primitive mind and, and being afraid, you know? Well, and things, things happen so quickly with the news and the media and social media that um, a whisper, you know, the, the, the butterfly that gets stepped on changes the world. And so now we're in a position where with, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram that somebody can do something around the world and everybody knows about it instantly and it gets goes viral so quickly. And the, the challenge is, is that we do live in a society where fear is so much here to produce. We have so many um, opportunities where we've had scary movies and scary shows and suspense and drama that we bring those energies up. And one of the things that's kind of interesting is that the feeling of fear is really, really close to the feeling of enthusiasm. Hmm, interesting. And, and so when like you kind of get high off of it almost, you get excited about being afraid in, in a weird way, but yeah. Which is one of the reasons I think people like horror movies because mm. it brings up that, it, and they're, they're, if you feel fear, fearful, like you've got anxiousness and you're on the edge of your seat, well, if you're really excited, you're excited the same way, except you just have a little, little shift. And, mm. and it's that little shift, I think that, you know, it's, it's a mirror and mm. um, let's bring enthusiasm into our picture instead of fear and you transform your life. And so it's the people who are listening to this, the people who are paying attention to consciousness and to this movement that are, are, are really are the change makers because we're the ones that can go, okay, wait a minute. Let's take, a, let's take a breath. Let's be calm about this. Let's really look at it and let's be conscious in what we are experiencing instead of reacting to what is happening. How do you personally, like what are some strategies you use to shift uh, fear to excitement? Because like sometimes I think I've even read it from Simon Sinek. He's like a, a popular you know, entrepreneur, author, slash speaker and all this stuff. And he talks a lot about leadership. And one of the things... I remember him saying when he goes up to speak is, and I've tried this on myself too, when I go perform in, in any kind of way. And it's like, okay, I, I'm excited. Like you tell yourself I'm excited because physiologically you, you get certain responses that are just physio. They don't have a meaning. They're just responses. Like your heart rate increases, your blood pressure rises, you get an adrenaline boost and you get certain arousal mechanisms, but it's up to you to decide what you interpret those feelings are. Like when a little kid gets, hurt they say like if it slips and falls many times you'll see them like if it's not like a seriously painful thing like if they just slipped and fell many times the kid will look around and evaluate how they should respond like is this something i should be 
sad and crying about or it should be something happy. So they say when a kid, when that happens to a kid, it's like, oh my gosh, you, know, you, you go up to it really quick, you, you, know, you have fun, you laugh, like you make it, you, you make an association to that situation uh, that's positive. Because again, it's just a, it's a meaningless you know, physiological thing. So we have to constantly flip that, like you said. So how do you do it? What are, what are some techniques that you've found particularly useful in flipping when you have some sort of, okay, you're feeling that edge come on. How do you flip that into something productive? First is breath, always breath. You got to take that breath and, and separate yourself from the moment of, oh my God, this is fear. You recognize it. Mm-hmm. And you take a breath and you go, okay, what do I choose? The question asking yourself, like, what is it that I really choose to have this be? And then identifying, oh, I choose for this to be, to be excited in this moment, to be um, uh, thrilled, to experience that. And, and just making that shift of knowing this is what I'm experiencing. Take a breath. What do I choose to experience? That in that path, you shift it that quickly, that easily. Um, and, and if you, cause you're, you're, nobody really wants to feel fear. So I'd rather be excited and enthusiastic. And so um, as we're talking about all this Corona stuff um, and what started our conversation before we went on air was I am taking my um, 80 plus year old mother and mother-in-law on a cruise into Italy and they just closed the borders. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, okay, you know, probably a good idea to make some changes there. And so um, I said, I said, well, what's going to be a win for me? What's going to be a win is I've got to, if I can change it, make it something that still is as delicious as it was originally and make it even more like win. And so um, uh, I've got a better price on our rooms. We've got the exact same rooms. Um, I'm able to book the airfare and make a better price and have a little bit better timing with the flights. Um, And we're going to spend an extra day in Rome so that now we can do the things that when we initially booked, we were like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. But now we were like, well, we really want to do this too. So I've made it more delicious. And because we're not going in May, when it, in the beginning of May, when it's still quite chilly, I'm really excited now about going in late August. It's going to be warm. We can be mm-hmm. in the sun. We can go be in the pool. We, can, um, we don't have to worry about being cold. So we now get to, like, it gets to be different, and it gets to be more wonderful. And, and you can either look at that as, oh, wow, rah, 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 or you can look at it as, oh, this is going to be even better. Mm. And, and I chose to, I made the agreement, okay, this gets to be better. And so as I was renegotiating the terms of our trip, I created better. Hmm. You know, I think that's so important because a lot of everything that we, you know, it's a, it's a dance, the dance between what we want in life and what actually happens. And it's a constant, uh, you know, to and fro back and forward between being adaptable and also having a, a clear vision of what you want and so on and so forth. And one thing that I've found your story really points with, with this whole uh, rebooking thing. I think it's really important because it points to this idea of faith that we talk about, right? With, with creating miracles in your life, with being conscious about the things that you do and not conscious, like, like having, you know, being awake, but truly being intentional. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really comes down to faith and being able to, one of the things I've, I felt in my own life is that knowing that in the long run, no matter what, it's going to work out. And if something doesn't work out, you know, according to how you planned it, then there's a greater plan behind that. 
you know, and, and if you believe that, if you truly believe that, I mean, I had a situation to me happen. This just reminded me because you were talking about cruises. <laughs> I went, I went on a cruise, God, at the, for, for New Year's and I ended up getting the flu on this cruise. And it was like, I mean, literally three days out of the seven, probably four days, really just literally sitting in my sardine can room, shivering and counting down the hours. It was like a major effort to go eat. Everybody was frothing at the mouth on this cruise with kids. and all this. It was just, unfortunately, it was just not a very good experience. But in that sense, in a, in a you know, pleasurable experience. But I learned so much. And one of the things that was really challenging to me on this cruise was this idea of abundance, you know, and basically, uh, you know, I, I was hired to go on this cruise. And at the time that I agreed to get hired for it, that the negotiated rate that I negotiated was much lower than what I would accept that when I actually went, but I committed to it. And, you know, I was, I felt overworked. Like it just wasn't, you know, you know, I was just bitching in my own mind about this thing. Like, why am I here? You're robbing me of my time. God, you're robbing. I don't have any, you know, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and I will never forget it, man. This, this memory just burned into my mind. I was in the elevator going back up to my room, sick as a dog, bitching about all this stuff in my head. And this lady comes in and she's wearing, it's just like a simple black shirt. It's like literally a simple t-shirt with a Bible verse on it. And it, and the, when she walks into the elevator, it had like a number. It, it was like, you know, I wrote it down somewhere, Jacob 56, 13 or something like that. But she turned around and I noticed it. And then I started reading the back and it said, where God guides, God provides. And I was like, wow, interesting. <laughs> and that whole moment like started to shift. If that was at the beginning of this year, 2020, that started to shift so much stuff about how I approach like these, you know, I've always tried to reframe things. Obviously, you know, we've talked about all the personal growth stuff you, we both have done to kind of help us use our conscious language, right. To, to intentionally recreate something in your mind. But this was a turning point for me is really like, okay, wow. Like, you know, you really like, everything's going to be okay. Like you're always being guided. And I think that we're getting out of touch with that today. I, and I think that a lot of times people associate that to religion, you know, or some sort of structured religion, but really it's like, I think it's deeper than that. I think that there's this, this universal thing that we're all connected to whatever you want to call it whether it's god the consciousness force and when you truly believe that there's something magical right miraculous that that happens you're in tune with the flow you're not trying to struggle against all these little separate parts you know we talked to when we were talking off air about all this coronavirus stuff you know you felt a little frazzled with all the moving parts and that's how life feels like it's a constant frazzle when you are only tuned in to the separate parts but when you see that you're connected it's a very different paradigm, isn't it? True. And, and it's that piece of being connected that for us in the modern world, we are addicted to our phones. We look at our phones, you know, however many millions of times a day. Um, we've got computers. We've got, you know, demands on us all the time and that we fail to look and take the time to be connected and to be aware of ourselves and our environment and is this a direction for me and um, taking the time to go it, you know it I, I'm not going to react I'm going to make a choice to move forward and mm -hmm. um, and and that was where you know with with what was happening with me today it was like well 
I'll make a choice to move forward, but I'll make a choice if it's a win. And, and I started to do the research and diving into all of the emotions around uh, this, I, you know, it, it, it's hard to not be touching into that fear and that craziness and the, you know, the lack of toilet paper. Um, <laughs> I'm like, thank God I bought oh, some. crazy. Spirit told me to buy some last week and I bought some before like the shortage came. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's connecting with yourself and your inner guidance because our inner guidance is always available to us. We just get to listen. How and that's you, what, how do you tell the difference between what you get from your intuition and what you get from, you know, let's, there's a lot of voices in our heads. Let's put it that way. Right. Like there's ego, there's fear, there's desire, there's memories, there's the past, there's, there's the meaning we're making. There's a lot of people talking in our heads. How do you sift through, how do you know if something that you're getting like a message is intuition um, and it's not something else? Yes. Practice really is the piece that allows you to know, oh, that's my intuition versus, oh, that's everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and so no one's ever said, man, I really wish I didn't go with my gut. Uh, my gut instinct was wrong. No, your gut instinct is always right because that's your inner intuition. And so mm -hmm. the more you listen to it, the more you know it, the more it speaks. Mm -hmm. So the more you're, you listen to your inner self, the more you listen to you, the more you're, you have that relationship and ask your intuition and know the direction. What do you think will help people get in tune with their intuition more? I mean, for me, I find like, you know, obviously meditation is useful, but just mindfulness and like, you know, my own background with movement and training and kind of, I guess, sensitivity, you know, like the, just learning to be sensitive physically with your body and have awareness. I've noticed that that's helped me pay more attention in general. So what has been your experience? Most definitely all of those things. And um, it, again, it, it comes to, to choice. It's somebody's got to be willing to take responsibility for mm. their life and their actions and be willing to take that listening um, to, the, to, the, to be willing to listen, you know, like you gotta be, you gotta have a willingness and without the willingness, you, you know, the people just continue to move on in their lives. Like, you know, a herd of sheep, um, uh, not paying attention to anything other than what everybody else is doing. Um, and hence going out and buying toilet paper. <laughs> it reminds me of the Y2K stuff when there was a 2000, Remember the 1999 to 2000 and everybody just freaked the hell out. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, how many of these pandemic slash apocalyptic events has there been in the last like 20 years, even I mean, I, it's like, when will, get, when will people learn? I don't know. Whatever. They seem to get um, exponentially bigger because more people are tuned in to the media hmm. um, and to the global communication. So they're, tapping into that energy faster mm -hmm. and feeding off of it and expanding it. And, and so that's why I think it's like whew, this explosion of, of, uh, you know, news. And, and of course the news cycle is pretty crazy in itself because if, you know, they, they want to lead with whatever is the most, you know, like, Oh, this will get your attention. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, they don't cover all the healthy people who made it through and who are, whatever back to their lives happy inspired calm like it's always 
this sense of, and I, and again, I think it's a real reflection of this, this part of our psyche, our group psyche, our cultural psyche that still needs to kind of evolve, you know, which is this, what's next, what's going to happen next constantly. Like if you, I don't even watch the news, but if you turn it on, like literally even just the tone of voice, it just like jars my eyeballs when I hear these people talking because they have a panic and a stress in their voice. Like it's almost intentional to make you freak out. Oh my God. And now tune in at sex because we're going to have some real crazy shit that's going to be, and you better tune in because it's going to be happening in your life. And it's like, Oh my God, just even listening to that, like gives me a panic attack. You know, it's, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, uh, you know, what, what we could be talking about is instead of washing your hands, what do you do to improve your immune system so that this doesn't affect you at all? Mm. Um, because if we, you know, eat healthier, heaven forbid, we talk about eating healthy and raw food and, you know, green food and things like that. And, you know, reduce your sugar, caffeine and, and those things that are acidic out of your body and make your body more alkaline. We don't hear any of that. Um, it's just wash your hands, wash your hands. And, that in my opinion, washing your hands is not the solution. The solution is what can I do to help my body be uh, at, at its best defense against this so that I, one, I don't even get it and it's not a concern. Um, if I should get it, then it's just mild and it passes quickly and easily. Hmm. Do you think health, I mean, you kind of touched on something interesting because one of the other things I think is very tantamount to living a conscious life, creating consciously and really manifesting miracles, right? The thing that we, we all want, it sounds so hypey, but you know, in reality, like it's so true when you really, I've noticed this in my life recently, especially I guess in the last few months, ever since I saw that Bible verse on a shirt, <laughs> that when you give thanks for the things that haven't happened yet, and you really tune into those blessings and, and you say, God, you know, thank you, Lord, for, a day that's really turned out so smoothly. I cannot tell you how many times my life has just drastically shifted or the things have turned out exactly the way I've prayed for them to be. And again, it does not have to be religious, but really more like, I think prayer is just this ancient, ancient thing. Like it's this ancient connection between who we are and that greater force. And when we use prayer for its true purpose, which is to bring those miracles into our life, to create reality, that's really what it's about. Yes. Uh, you can get some, some crazy things going on. And one of the things we touched on was being still, finding that stillness, that quietness. You can't do it from a place of panic. You know, any kind of prayer, whatever it is, if it's silent prayer, wording prayer, you got to quiet yourself, quiet your heart first. But the other part, I think is really, you know, that you just kind of touched on, and I realized it's not really touched on anywhere in any of this kind of talk about manifestation or creating reality. And that's health. If you're not healthy, if you're, you know, like sick, like when I was having the flu, I mean, I wrote a book on gratitude. I have a gratitude group on Facebook with 400 people. I try to do a gratitude practice multiple times in the day. Like I'm really committed to that. But I'll tell you one thing. When I was sick with the flu and robbed of my health and in a tiny little, you know, sardine can of a room, I did not want to be grateful at all. <laughs> True. My health was a huge obstacle in creating any kind of reality because your health is something you experience immediately. You know what I mean? Like if you have pain, anybody who's had a toothache, a tooth problem knows exactly what I'm talking about because that immediately cuts you off from that whole 
okay, centered, I'm connected to this greater universal thing. I'm super grateful for everything. I'm appreciating the future blessings that come in my life. Like when you don't have good health and you're not taking care of yourself, I think that's so interesting. I've never really heard that really talked about in these circles about conscious creation and manifesting miracles. So what, what do you think about that, about the role of health in so I, good health, I guess. So in, in one of the things that I'm uh, um, knowledgeable about and share with people and facilitate is conscious body language and our bodies mm. are always talking to us. And so even when we are in anything other than ease, poor health, um, our body's communicating to us and there's something that we're not listening to. So whether it's, you know, the bug and you pay attention because it's making you scratch and touch and dig deeper into a spot or it's something bigger, um, whether it's a chronic condition or, and other things that our body is communicating to us. And what we, when you saw that Bible verse, when you were sick and in the elevator and all of a sudden you, aha, that was your, your, your body draw that to you because you are somebody who is connected. You are somebody who practices gratitude. And so it drew to you because you got sick. Think about your thoughts as you were before you got sick. It was all griping. Mm-hmm. And, and you were griping and filled with like mucus of and begrudgingly wanting yeah, to spiritual it, mucus. Yeah. <laughs> and so that manifested into you being sick. It was like, Oh, you don't want to do this. I'll make you sick. Mm. There you go. So um, uh, there was a, there was an event. I was, I was um, on vacation and there was a, um, a day that we were going to be climbing up to uh, the top of this castle. And it was 2000 steps, 1950 some steps, but wow. ton of steps. And I am, I am not in the shape that is somebody who would ever run a marathon or, or climb. That's still, even for them, that's still, that's a lot. It's a lot of steps. And so I had a lot of fear around it. And so I started climbing and doing steps, stair steppers and, I hurt myself physically. I had hurt myself and I got myself better and I was still scared. I'm like, do I have to do this? And I got myself so worked up about this, this stupid task of do you, it was optional hmm. that I ended up getting a, like a one day flu uh, and I like threw up and it, it was, you know, like it, it was 24 hour flu. And the next day I felt, you know, tremendously better, but I didn't have to go up and I didn't have an excuse about having to climb that because, well, I'm sick. Mm. So I, and so I created that physical illness in my body so that I didn't have to go climb up 1900 steps. (laughs) Isn't that funny? I I mean, I've seen that so many times in my own career too, just with uh, with dancing and with movement and seeing people not fake an injury because it's, it's truly real, but it's crazy how like, man, it's so crazy because I've seen people literally, they're afraid of, let's say an event. They don't want to do an event just like this. They don't want to do an event and they'll literally get sick or hurt themselves somehow before the event. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that. So it's, it's phenomenal that you're mentioning And, and it's even the, oh, I'm so sick of work. I'm so sick. I just wish I could take some time off. And yeah. then you end up getting the flu because you're sick of work. And that's what mm. you've been telling yourself. You're sick and you need to take the time off. And your body goes, okay, here you go. I've made you mm. sick. 
Are you happy? That's what you asked for. And so um, uh, our bodies, our health are, are connected to how we communicate with ourselves because if we're not listening, we miss the communication, whatever it may be, to, um, to take action in a certain way. And, mm. and when, you, when you have the opportunity to, to wake up into that as a possibility, because there's a lot of people who go, well, you know, I hurt myself because I hurt myself. Okay, that's your belief. And I believe your body's communicating to you. Mm. And, um, uh, and, I, and I acknowledge, if, you know, because this is not, this is, like you said, people don't really talk about this, but this is something that I've found very impactful um, in my life and in, in the people who I've worked with um, because in a matter of just a few minutes I can put the puzzle pieces together and identify what it is that's emotional trigger and people go, oh, mm. yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, well, now you know what to do. And whether or not you take action on it, things, if you do, boom, it ends up healing instantaneously. And if you don't, it just continues along. Hmm. What, in my what's, experience. What's that? In my experience. I want to say that. In my experience. Here's my disclaimer. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting too because also what I find is that there's there's like an onion ring that we have to peel off, right? I mean, you 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 keep – when you have that first breakthrough with something and you can let it go and then – and it frees up some space and you feel creative, you feel motivated, you're creating some new things, you're you're – you know, changing your life in some way. And then a week later, two weeks, maybe a month, maybe a year later, it's the same problem again. It's like, Oh, wait a minute. Like I learned this lesson, but now on a different, on a different level, you know? So I feel like that process never seems to end. Does it? It's, it's ongoing because we, we have, I think, um, like you said, the onion is a perfect example that, um, uh, whatever, whatever our, our thing is we, we get to, we get to really love where we are. And if mm. we resent who we are, where we are and what we've experienced, we're, we keep ourselves moving forward to new experiences. So yeah, you keep coming against the same thing until you can really love the experience. And, mm. and if you take it out of right, wrong, good, bad, you know, um, hot, cold energy, and you can just go, it is. This mm. is what was. And thank you very much. That's gotten mm. me to here. And now, again, you come back to choice. Now I choose this. And so mm. you get to really, you know, if, um, if I say, you know, this wall that's right behind me, go away, go away, go away. Has the wall gone away yet? No. Now I, I take five steps forward. Go away, wall, go away. It's still there because it's still part of my consciousness. And as soon as it's, it's like, if you're, if you're a non-smoker and you're like worried about somebody smoking, the smoke will come to you in the restaurant. Like, <laughs> find you. But as soon as you go, you know, they have a right to smoke and I have a right to breathe fresh air and I'm choosing to breathe fresh air. And so all of a sudden the currents and the air currents in the, in the, in the restaurant suddenly shift mm. and you don't, you're, you're like, you're okay with it. You're like, okay. And, well, it's gone. You're like, wow, did it go away? No, it didn't go away. It's your resistance stopped pulling it towards you. Mm. And, and I love the cigarette smoke because everybody who's a non-smoker has had that experience when they're like, damn it, I wish I wouldn't be smoking right over there. Oh, yeah. You know, like you get that, that whole yamma yamma stuff going on in your brain about it. And then as soon as you like let it go and it goes away, it's gone. Like what's mm. that? There's smoke. I didn't get it. So, um, 
that's the same thing in our lives is that if we're like still pressing up and fighting against any issue that that resistance of I'm not like that that's not I'm not going to be like my my parents or this or that or the other you end up still bringing that forward because you're resisting it you haven't just accepted it and loved it and kind of okay let's make a new choice no I love that I think that's that's right spot on you know because we this is an interesting question for you because it's something I think about a lot with this particular perspective because it's true, you know, the more you put something in your mind, whether it's positive or negative, it amplifies. The mind is a garden. Whatever you put in there, it just keeps amplifying it. So you, if you think no, smoke, 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 it doesn't matter if you're adding the word no to it. You know, it's, you, the mind is thinking smoke. Oh, so it's attracting that smoke. Don't think of pink too. elephants. It's like, you know, yeah, don't think don't, yeah, good luck. <laughs> I got pink elephants in my mind now. Thanks. Uh, but, hey, I'm here. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, that's, that's really the thing. And it only works in the positive in the sense that it's, there's no such thing as nothing, you know, like in the sense like you can't think of nothing, you have to think of something. And so the question that I have is with this particular perspective of, you know what, the more you resist, it's like a Chinese finger trap. The more you resist, the more energy you give it and the more you struggle. And so that's been a huge lesson in my own life too, is to basically really live life through more faith, through more intuition, more letting go, more following. Uh, naturally, I think that I'm more like aggressive type testosterone male, go out there, fight it. If there's a challenge, go through the wall, don't go around it. You know, that's been kind of my, my nature, but certainly I've, I've learned a lot through, through hitting that wall and hitting my head several times. So my question to you is, how does this perspective of, I don't even want to call it laissez-faire, but, you know, basically going with the flow, even that to me is too freaking trendy, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like this, this perspective of really tuning into your intuition, listening to your heart, not if there's resistance that's telling you something. How does that perspective go along with this, especially in the Western world, this, this hype of, you know, work harder, you got to grind, you got to push it, you got to, you know, achieve, you got to be successful, you know, life is hard, is a struggle. Like, because to me, I don't believe life is a struggle. I really don't, you know, I think we make it a struggle, but I think life inherently is, is not a struggle. It's a beautiful thing. So how do those two collide? You know, how do those two interact? Like, what would you tell somebody who subscribes to that idea? Like, well, no, life is just full of resistance and it's school of hard knocks and you got to, you know, tough it up like you just got to push harder when you're meeting resistance. Like how, how would you talk to somebody like that? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to like segue this in. Um, I'm a game of Thrones fan. And even oh, though it's nice. gone, you know, it was much, it was so much fun. Um, it, it, about a lot of fear and craziness. Um, so the sigils, the family sigils, winter is coming. Um, a Lannister always pays his debts. Um, my, my personal sigil is things in life come easily. And, mm. and I, I don't allow anyone to take that, like use it for your own. And I like that. That's nice. Things in life come easily. And so, um, whatever, whatever struggle it is, if you, if you can have something that you go to, it's like, Oh, this is a struggle. And okay. Things in life come easily. What do I want? You know, what else is possible? What are the options mm. here? Um, and, and the, um, I, as a real estate agent, cause that's like quote unquote my day job is I'm a real estate agent and most real estate agents put more money and like more money into advertising, more money into marketing, more, more and, and the, the work, the struggle, the, the whatever. And 
I do it differently. I, I just go, okay. And so I choose to have some really nice clients this year. And so one, one year I sat down with a lender and, and she was like, well, what are your goals? And I said, well, I'd like to have um, uh, clients at a higher dollar value um, so I can have fewer transactions, uh, make more money and have more time to myself to be able to do what I choose to do. And she's like, Oh, well, that's a really good goal. What are you doing to get it? I said, well, I claimed it. And she said, well, but what are you doing? What are you doing for marketing? What are you? I said, well, I claimed it. And, and that just didn't, didn't like compute for didn't her. And connect. I said, I claimed it. It is a done deal. And when I get a low priced client, which as soon as I made that, that, that affirmation, that claiming, I ended up with a whole bunch of really low priced um, uh, leads come in. Mm. And I forward those on to some other agents who were like, I'll take anything you have, Irene, just give it to me. Um, and so I forward and gave those away as referrals. And I said, here, take it. It's a referral. Boom. It's yours. And that showed the universe that I was serious. And that followed with a great year of real estate with wow. a significantly higher dollar value for my clients. And that's what I've kept ever since. And so, um, uh, I, I really have a, a, a different perspective is, you know, if you ask the universe that the law is ask and with faith, it's already given. Hmm. And, um, uh, the asking requires knowing specifically what it is that you desire, like really knowing what that is. Um, the faith piece is a piece that people get, kind of tangled up in um, because that's a piece that as we talk about, like the difference between fear and enthusiasm is so slim. So how do you bring faith in? And, and one of my, one of my favorite quotes comes from my teacher, Robert Tennyson uh, Stevens, who has mastery systems. And he, you ask the right questions. And one of the questions is now that my miracle has already happened, whatever it is, and you don't even, know what your list my miracles already happened what's new and different and and just asking that question shifts your energy it shifts your brain chemistry and if you're in tune with your body and you ask yourself that question it, it's really hard to ask now that my miracle has already happened and not take a breath and, and when you when you ask it and you feel it and you you there you can feel a, like literally a full change in your mm. brain and in your physiological structure and ease and all of a sudden the stress that's on your shoulders just kind of relax and oh holy moly and you're like you're, you're lounging in your chair you're like oh thank goodness and you've just shifted without having a clue what the miracle is, without having a clue how you got there, without any of that, you've just shifted into already having it. Mm. And, and that piece of, of peace, that, that segment of finding peace in our outcome, that is what faith is. And mm. walking forward knowing, and whenever you find yourself in, in, in opposition to that, just go, okay, now that my miracle's here, breathe it in, feel it, experience it. Okay. That's all. I don't even have to go any farther than that. Mm -hmm. And I can manifest. Um, and if I do go farther than that, now I can walk into the action steps of what, what to do from here. Um, and, and that's, you know, life, life comes easily to me. Hmm. I love that. Life comes easily. That's a great motto. It's so true. You know, it's, it's just been profound to me, just how 
you're right that when you tune into that future, that's already been created for you, the abundant future, uh, you feel like you, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, you feel like some, like a puzzle piece being clicked into the right puzzle piece. Like you feel aligned, you know, cause I don't know if you ever like geek out on this stuff, but if you look at like everything around you with like trees and like, you know, flowers, life, you know, whatever you spend time out in nature and long enough, you start to see, even if you're in the city and you're walking around, like life is constantly springing outward. Like there's no, there's no program for death. There's no program. It's just outward, constant energy flowing outward. And, and we model that in our own life. I think life wants you, the the consciousness that's growing everything around you. I mean, it's just, it's fascinating to me, man. If you put a seed in the ground, how the hell does it grow into it? Like a flower, you know, I just, I still like, if you, like intellectually we understand it, but when you actually like get down to it and you, you watch that shit happen over, let's say a, a, one of those fast forward, you know, videos and stuff, it blows your mind every single time, you know? So you, you wonder like what this conscious force that's creating constantly without stopping, without getting tired. And that's and inside spring of is us. Reminder. Yeah. Spring is the worst. Spring, spring is a perfect reminder. Right now, my, a week ago, my mom was like, is that a tree in front of your house dead? I'm like, no mom, it's a lot. And this week, it, thousands of little buds are on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so it's the, the piece you said you, you have a gratitude group. Gratitude, gratitude for most people, they think it's about thankful for what you have. And thankful for what you have brings you into the energy mm, that you're in yes. gratitude so that now you can be thankful for what is coming. Yes, to you. I was just... Oh. Yes. And so, so TKO. Irene. <laughs> yeah. The farmer who plants the seed isn't grateful for the seed. They're grateful for the harvest. And so as they're mm. planting it, they're not thinking of the seed that's going into the ground, but the harvest that they're going to reap. Wow. And so gratitude for us needs to be about um, uh, not just thankful for what is behind me, but thankful for all blessings that are flowing into me and I'm so grateful that there's more blessings than I even am aware of coming into me and I'm so grateful for that and we start that process bringing our energy from I'm thankful for these items in my life and that puts me in tune with the energy to now say oh and I'm grateful for all the blessings coming forth and whatever you have asked for I'm grateful for that in my life today as it's coming to me wow Man, that's so crazy. I literally have been like journaling and thinking about this exact thing because like, like you said, gratitude is so important for getting you in that mode of abundance. And I, I am enough. I have enough, you know, life is great, but then that's from that space. That's where you create the future. And, and when you create the future, that's where you, you manifest. The that's future. right. Yeah. From you manifest the future. That gratitude that gratitude is the same energy as faith that you, when you're mm. grateful for what is coming, it's the exact same energy as, as faith. And so, because you can't be grateful for it coming to you without being faithful. That it's yeah, you, to you. you have to believe, uh, you know, it's in both situations. Wow. That's so, that's so crazy. I mean, I love like, f- you know, what you call it quantum physics and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, if you believe in the idea that, everything has a constant state of possibilities and we're like this string, this little bead on a string moving in constantly different directions. 
I personally believe that when you're misaligned, let's say with fear, with, you know, hate, whatever else, right? Your little bead is, is moving away from the fountain, right? From the, from the central fountain where all the life, where all the money, where all the love and joy, all the happiness that's already designed there for you to experience, you're moving away from it. You're just not, it's like frequencies. You're not harmonizing with it. So when you tune into that gratitude, it brings you back into that flow. And then boom, now that future is already, there's a future for you that's already where you're your happiest, your healthiest, your most successful. All you have to do is attract it. All you have to do is attract it through, through your own mindset and shifting internally so that you can flow. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's, it must be very different being in a sales situation (laughs) with that attitude, right? Well, it's, um, it's, I I get to be really mindful. I'm so tuned in that when, if I, if I'm tuned in and I shift my, my energy and my thought that the response is like, it's faster. So for some people, like, like they, they work on tuning in and they like bring it in slowly. For me, it's like, whoosh. And it's like, oh, you chill. You get all excited about getting off in the wrong direction of energy and forget to be merely thankful for it. And it falls apart. So for me, it like happens like really fast because I've been tuned into this energy for, for so many years. I've been doing it for so many years that it, it, it either like boom and it's done. Um, uh, I, I was sharing with somebody the other day, I was imagining this was years ago and I was imagining I, I needed a new house. I was choosing to move. I didn't know where so I'd get a new car before I got a new house. Cause I really needed a car, but I was thinking about the house. And so I drove in my imagination, I drove my, my new car and I imagined driving my new car into a garage, which was really important because I didn't have one at the time. Mm. and grabbing a bag of groceries and going into the house. And I kept like, no, that's not what the house looks like. No, that's not what the house. Oh, that's where the kitchen is. And that's where the living room is. And now where are the bedrooms? And so I I kept driving into the house, grab the groceries, hop out of the car, go into the house. And I I did this for three nights until I fell asleep each night. That's how I fell asleep. Imagining the possibility of what my new home would look like. And I did it driving my new car in Three days later, my father calls me, FYI, that's a miracle. Um, and uh, uh, at that time of my life, that was a real miracle. And, um, and he goes, you know, your, your grandmother would really like to do something special for you. She'd like to buy you a vehicle. Wow. Just out like of that. The, <laughs> out of the blue. Out of the blue. She'd like to basically give you part of your inheritance right now. And, and in three nights of imagining, having no idea, like in, in no idea where it was coming from, how I would like, really, I don't have I, a car. I can't do a car right now. Three nights I manifested a car. Wow. Later I walked into that house. Wow. So you found the house too. That, that was exactly the one you were dreaming of. <laughs> and I drove my sport utility truck into the car. I grabbed my purse. I walked in and walked in and put the purse on the counter where the kitchen was. And I went, I've been in this house. Wow. <laughs> in my mind. And so, um, uh, our, our imagination and, and our, our, our acceptance. And there's like so many little pieces of this that, that come into faith and gratitude for what's mm. already in our lives. Meaning so powerful. What, what's, what, what in, in our space and time is out there, there's no such thing as time. So when we bring that into right now, 
No, it's crazy. I mean, the more you, again, quantum physics, I, I love that stuff, but the more you really look at how things actually work at the deep down level, it's, it, it's bonkers. I mean, all this stuff that most people would think is woo woo manifesting and all this stuff, like that's really how it works. Like there is no such thing as time. Everything already exists. And you know, what we see is not what it all happens. We're just conscious vibrations going around through space. And it's like, man, when you really get all that, all this stuff actually makes sense. Like it's, it's, it is the way it works and you have to control your mind. Otherwise it'll control you. What would you tell somebody that let's say is in a sales situation? Because I mean, sales, sales is never going to, I think as an industry, no matter where it's going to be, sales will always be part of our culture to some degree, persuading others for services or products in exchange for money. That's going to be, you know, forever. So the question is how would, you know, what would you tell somebody who is in a sales situation? Doesn't matter what industry it could be real estate, could be door to door sales, doesn't matter. But what would you tell them if, if they're getting to the point where like they don't know how to use this stuff, right? They're in the old model of, okay, I got to push it. I got to manipulate. I have to do more, right? More, more energy in some way, you know, advertising, whatever. And, but they're curious, but they're curious about like, wow, this is an interesting approach. This is something new, but I don't know how to employ it in my life. What would you tell them would be some of the first things to do? Well, the first thing I'd probably do is talk about the, the paradigm difference, the, the old paradigm of we're going to set a goal and it's going to be a smart goal. And we're going to identify a, you know, a six month goal, what we need to do um, three months from now, one month from now, four months from now, like what do we have to do for our action steps? We do this many calls and we get this much response. And like, it's so mechanical and derived from we do this in order to, so that we get this result. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that in and of itself is a sabotaging um, uh, uh, pattern. And so- um, How is it sabotaging? Well, when you have, I do this in order to, so that I can acquire that, any one of those things that's out of alignment, that, that doesn't happen, it, none of it happens. Mm, so you it's very have, based on the sequence. It, it, yeah, A has to happen, then B has to happen, then C has to in order for D to happen. Mm. And if you're out of alignment anywhere that you're out of agreement in there, the whole thing implodes. So instead, okay, this is what your goal is for six months of sales, whatever that sales number might be. What's the outcome of, of reaching that goal? Let's start there. What's the outcome of reaching that goal? Um, it's simply a dollar value. Um, and what do you do with dollar value? Is it ignition? Is it, why do you want ignition and go into the deeper of what is the outcome of the goal identify really deep down what what is the outcome of the goal and what the goal you now have an emotional base that you're building from that moves mountains to um uh, to make it come about without having to go like i gotta do this in order to so that and in fact, usually what happens is that six-month goal ends in a month. Mm. Because if you, if you really get into what is my outcome, and you're honest with yourself, you're really truthful, and you get into, and, and you've got to go a couple layers down sometimes, and you get to 
the outcome of this is, is X, Y, Z. So I, I've done this exercise with somebody who was, she was pushing. She was, I'm doing this, I'm going to do this, and this is my goal, and this is. And I said, okay, now I want you to go visualize the outcome. From already having accomplished all that, now go play in your imagination and visualize the outcome. She struggled, 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 struggled. Well, that's a good indicator that you're not aligned with something along that path. Mm. And when she finally relaxed and I said, okay, now let's future pace. So let's say it's been five years. Let's imagine five years from now and you've accomplished your goals. And, and whatever those goals are, you've accomplished them along the way. She, she had a totally different imagination. It had nothing to do with this job. And she totally changed her career, her path, and, and everything that she was doing because she wasn't aligned with where what she was doing. She was doing what she thought she should do, not what her heart really was driving her to do, which is why she hadn't reached her goals before because she wasn't following her heart's path. She was following her supposed to path. Hmm. Wow. And so that's where I take people is, um, let's, let's find out what the real outcome is. What, what's the real reason you're doing this? It, and if you find out you can't imagine it, it's not the right outcome. Hmm. You're not on the right path. Yeah. If you can't really emotionally tune into that future, then your mind, you're, you're trying too hard. Like there's something that your mind is trying to do, not your heart. Yeah. You're, you're being logical about it. Cause really when you're, when you're intuitively emotionally engaged in that future, like you can paint pictures right away. I mean, if you're excited about something, if I tell you to visualize it like, boom, Oh my God, it's going to be like yeah. this and it's going to be like that. And, and it's all, you, yeah, it's multicolored. And you know, and I ask you, what does it smell like? You're like, Oh, it smells like blah, 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 blah. You've got it. Yeah. Hmm. But if it's, oh, I can't, oh, 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 oh. you're not quite aligned with something. Or yeah, there's some blockage there. Yeah, you need to go further out so that you're not, because a lot of times we get, especially if it's something we've really wanted, like I'll, we'll talk about relationship, like people mm -hmm. who like, oh, I just really want to be in relationship. And it's like, okay, well, now that you've been in relationship, are you choosing to be married or just in relationship? Um, uh, and now that it's, you've done that for five years, what's new and different? And they're like, and they go to that space where all of a sudden the stress of finding it or someone is no longer on their shoulders, but it's so far behind them. They're like, Oh, well, you know, this is what we do. And this is how our life. Hmm. Um, uh, and, and future pacing it. And I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I'm going to like, I'm going to future pace it and what's five years from now, but I'm going to pretend that five years from now is today, right this minute. Now imagine hmm. today here now that, does it make sense? Like yeah. five years in the future that I'm imagining now it's here. So that, cause there's only now, right? There's only one time, the time that time is, is a concept. So we're all here now. Now imagine it's five years from now and now what's new and different. And so um, when, when we do that future pacing, it puts the stress of the, the thing whatever it is, the, the financial goal, the relationship goal, the whatever those elements are, it puts that um, behind us. So we're in a position that we can relax and be in the enjoyment of whatever is the outcome. Hmm. And that turns us into faith, the energy of gratitude and faith. I love that. That's awesome. You're celebrating your book. You just, did you just release that? 
Um, I released it about, uh, oh gosh, it's, it's two years now. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I, um, uh, I wrote a book answering the questions. I was actually was at a Tony Robbins event that had one day event and there was a gentleman who's talked about writing a book about your business. And I said, mm. Oh, I could do that. And my girlfriend said, you should. And I came home and I told my husband and he said, not only should you, but you should do that now. Hmm. And, um, uh, and so I, I took his class and one year to the day I had finished the manuscript and, um, uh, my real estate specialty is the 55 plus communities, which we have a lot of here in Arizona. And the book is called retirement isn't boring when you live in an active adult community. Mm. And it answers the questions my clients have been asking me for over 15 years in this subject area. How, how was that journey for you writing a book? I mean, I know you and I have talked a little bit off the air about some of the challenges you had as a kid with dyslexia and stuff like that and how you really, I mean, you're very successful now. You're coaching other people. You've written a book. You're, you know, doing your own thing. Like how, how was that journey for you coming from, you know, from being a kid dealing with, with that and to the point where you are now and when the all achievements you've created? Well, um, so that everybody else understands that my, my dyslexia was identified when I was in about seventh grade. Mm. And at that time, um, I, I was tested and given some specific tests to identify where I was educationally. And I had about a third grade education. Um, and, and I, I read mirror image. And so like I flip flopped letters and words and it just, it, learning was a challenge. Like I could write my spelling words 20 times, 40 times, 50 times. Oh my God. And get it and get a 10% on the spelling test the next day. I just like, it didn't see it. And um, somebody recently described it best as um, a dyslexic child sees a fluff ball on the couch and they look at it in their mind, a toddler, you know, little one like looks at it, thinks, ponders, hmm, 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 and, and unwraps it from every possible way. And in their mind, like a, like a Rubik's cube, flips it all around and sees all the directions and then goes, oh, a kitty, <laughs> and gets it. And then we go into um, our, our schooling and the teacher writes C-A-T on the board. And the, the rest of the kids go, cat. And the dyslexic mind goes, flips the C, flips the A, flips the T, rotates the whole thing in every possible way and moves it all around and jumbles it up like a flipping pieces of a puzzle to try to make the puzzle work and go, I don't see a cat. Wow. We're visual. Sounds, We're very, sounds very creative. Sounds like a very creative person. <laughs> And, and most dyslexic dyslexics are they're they're high they're 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 highly functioning in different areas and they learn how to compensate. Um, uh, uh, Richard Branson is dyslexic and wow. he just the people that do the things that he is he struggles with. And so I did go to a school that taught me how to compensate for um, uh, some of it. I'll tell you, typing, not my friend. Um, writing anything, written in a pen or with a computer, it's a challenge. And I have a, um, uh, a couple of websites with well over 100 to 200 pages on them. Um, I, like, I've written a lot. And it's a struggle for me, but it's, um, but it's something I know that I needed to do. Um, and so I, I did it and God bless spell check, like God bless spell check. Where would we be without Google's <gasps> autocomplete, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. And, and voice to text now is so much better than it used to be. Um, uh, and so, so first, first that's the that's a piece, you know, like you do, you, you push through and you do what you need to do anyway. 
Um, but my teacher, one of my one of my uh, personal development inspirational teachers, he used to always say, in a, a, from a biblical perspective, um, that your greatest weakness shall be your greatest strength. Um, let the let the weak man say, "I am strong," um, and. And I used to kind of joke and go, so that means I'm going to write a book, right? Because I can barely write my name. You know, my name is a scribble. Yeah, I just, I just, I, people are like, take good notes. And I'm like, I can't read them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, can't read them later. So it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, And so um, I I joked about it being that I was going to write a book. And so once I, once I had that idea and this, this guy spoke at this Tony Robbins event and and I was like, "I, I could do that. It, it bubbled up within me a desire to, to really prove that, yes, that is in me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that, that confirmation of, yes, I am going to do this. And I, I just was stopping. And so there was a group of six or eight of us that all got together after this class about what we were doing and how we were writing our books. And of all those people, I'm the only one that finished it. Wow. And, that's and, that, and so it, 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 that spoke to me about my conviction for myself. Like I am committed. And when you're committed to something, all, all else, all other, all other options disappear beyond, you know, the realm of possibility because there's only one option in front of you. Yeah. And so, um, uh, it's not a, you know, it's not war and peace, a giant home of a book. Uh, it, it's, it's mine. And, yeah, I mean, um, it's yours. You made it and it contributes value to others. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge deal that like actually creating side, there's nothing. That was your first book. First book. First yes. book. Yeah. That was your first book. Another one. Yeah. There's something special about when you hold that, that baby in your hand. And at first I remember that I'll never forget when I first got the, my first uh, couple orders of the book that I wrote and I took it out and I looked at it in my hand. I was like, wow, like this is real now. Like all, like, like we've just been talking about creating conscious creation. Like it just, that's the moment when all the ideas that you had, all the planning, the emailing, the manuscript, getting the editor, getting the designer, the cover, all that crap. If finally it's a physical object in your hand, like what the hell? Like, wow, this actually became real. Like how, how did that happen? You know, it's like the seed in the flower. It's like, okay, I get it intellectually, but now it's in my hand. Like, I thought about this and it appeared in my hand at a different point in time. Like that's crazy. So from, from like hearing that guy and going, well, I could, I could write a book that like kind of little voice. Well, I could do that to get any script done was one year to getting the actual book in and through editing and all the rest. That was a year and a half. Wow. That's good though. yeah. Yeah. That, and anybody who's written a book knows that's really good. Yeah. No, <laughs> editing is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Editing is, that is, that is the hardest part. It's, you you got to stay in your uh, conscious creation mode because it's, it's easy to run away with, with tearing that thing apart. Especially, I mean, if you edit it yourself, it's not a good idea. It's always good to have a, an editor. Yes. To have somebody else give you loving critiques. <laughs> <laughs> I have edited it first and my girlfriend, I had several, several people I know who, uh, uh, who went through it for me before, before we got it, got it out. Cause you know, I can't tell which, which is which. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I had to think about that one for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Anything exciting for you coming up? Any, you said you are working on a second book or? I am putting together stories right now. Um, uh, not with any time frame set to do a book on, um, manifesting made easy. Oh, cool. I like that. Manifesting made easy. That'd be the title. I think so. I think so. That's where I'm going. You should look up a domain for that. Make sure you get that before somebody gets it. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I should. Yes, I should. I I I like that. Manifesting made easy. That's good. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that one's taken. I, I went, I went looking and I think it went, I think it's taken. Um, mm. but the, the time and the place, you never know when somebody cancels. What about life? Life comes, uh, what was your motto? Life comes easily. Life, life is comes, life comes easily to me. Life comes easily to me.com. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. So, well, what yeah, you- so I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking all of the, the amazing miracles, um, that I've, I've experienced myself as well as helped others and shared with others. And I'm putting that together with the breaking, breaking down, like this is what happened. And then these are the tools and the steps that Mm, teaching, teaching through stories. I like that. That's really Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I still think stories are some of the stories and conversations are some of the best ways that we learn by far. Like we're just adapted to learn that way, not through logical you know, sequential things as much. I feel like when we read a story or we listen to a conversation like this podcast, you learn so much just by projecting yourself in that story rather than let's say sequential knowledge where you have to like use your brain, you know, to, to decode it and understand it. So. Well, and we, we were storytellers, you know, before we Mm -hmm. were down. So storytelling is, um, and, and our first language were more pictographs than, um, mm. symbols. So, um, we are, we are a, a verbal people, mm. you know, well, it's been a pleasure, Irene. One more question for you. What are you most grateful for right now? I am most grateful for the fact that I have two amazing mothers, my mother and my mother-in-law who, um, my mom's 85, um, 85 wow. and for her 80th birthday, she bought a kayak um, uh, and, and that they're both healthy enough that we can do this fabulous Italy trip and get it all done and that they're going to have a great time. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful for the fact that um, they're both healthy and strong in my life. That's awesome. It's so health is like the pillar of everything, man. I swear it's, if you have health, you're already richer than a lot of people on the planet. (laughs) Very true. Very true. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with my good friend, Irene. You know, this interview was here to inspire you to believe that anything is truly possible for your life. You know, it sounds a little cheesy, but you know, look, look, in reality, that's the only space that you can operate from if you want to live the life you love. You can't operate from a limited mindset. You can't operate from something's possible and something's not possible. You've got to believe in it 100%. And, you know, it reminds me of an old story one of my students told me that their father told them, which was, you know, aim for the stars. At least you'll hit a tree. It was kind of a joke, but at the same time, there's a really serious point in there is that whatever happens is going to happen. 
but the only place that you can operate from is full possibility. And if you start there, then, like I said, whatever is going to happen, obviously we can't control everything. We can control ship and sail, but we can't control wind and wave. And however we're going to end up, we'll end up. But at least if we control what we can control and make sure that that's maxed out, that I believe 100%, not 75%, not 80%, but I truly believe and want the things in my life and I'm working towards them and thinking and aligning myself, then you have the highest chance possible to live the life that you want. I hope you enjoyed this interview with my guest, Irene. If you want to follow her, uh, make sure you go check out iHammond. That's at iHammond. That's her Instagram. She posts some stuff on there regularly. And also, if you want to get that Manifestation Made Easy video series, all this stuff is going to be in the post uh, for the show notes for this episode. That's episode 191, danceoflife.com slash podcast for all of the show notes. That's where the blog is at. Hope you enjoy this episode, guys. And like I said, don't forget our quote from the very beginning. Speak and think only what you choose to have come into reality now and continuously. Robert Tennyson Stevens. Boy, what a challenge. Continuously. Continuously, that's where it's all at. That's where the discipline is. Be responsible for your words, for your language, for what you think. It truly has the power to create, guys. And think about everything that you do also. It all runs on agreements, ideas, thoughts, an invisible blueprint. Everything that we do, you look at traffic running around, it's all running on this invisible matrix of agreements and words and language. And when you, when you get that, you see that the invisible creates the visible. You see that language creates reality because all of this, money, work, are relationships, it's all created in language. It's in this invisible matrix that we all subscribe to with our minds. And when you get that and you can dive into that world and create what you want through the power that you wield through your mouth and through your mind and how you speak and how you create things for yourself, this, this is true power. So I hope you really get that today. Hope it inspires you to do a little more research and work on your own life and see what are the areas that you could explore and create more and, and open it up for possibility and see where it'll take you. Tune in Tuesday for Transformation Tuesday. And next Friday, we're going to be doing a special two-part series. You don't want to miss this. This is going to be kind of connected to the day as well. We're going to take this to the next level. We're talking about creating reality, we're going to redo a two-part series on turning fear into faith. Really, really cool stuff. First part next Friday is going to be all about quantum physics, manifestation. The proof is in the pudding, guys. The proof is out in nature. Everything you need to know is already there. So I'm going to share some really powerful lessons from nature, from physics, that really remind us of our own ability to create, that that's inherent in the universe. It's not just, you know, woo-woo stuff or new age mumbo jumbo it's true stuff that operates in the world already some really interesting stuff so don't want to miss it until then hope you're having an amazing friday your life is a dance so go out there and dance it well For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.